everybody's big and doing big meals and everything this week and lots of cooking and stuff already, that Sunday's probably not another good idea to do, try to do more food because it'll probably end up just being leftovers that somebody brings even from Christmas. But anyway, especially that uh, grandma killer fruit cake. Amen. We get lots of fruit cake. So no food on the sur- after service this Phil Sunday. And I know several people as already can say there are people already out of town and gone. So that'll be on the Phil Sunday. And then New Year's Eve service, December the 31st at 7 p.m. December, just like we did tonight, we'll start it that night at 7 p.m. December the 31st. Amen. Now then, enough of that. Welcome to Bible study tonight. We're going to give you an opportunity to give tonight. There will be no children's church, so everybody can stay in here. Isn't that nice? You get to stay? That's right. (laughs) So no children's church tonight, so we'll all stay in here. Can we take a moment? Hadn't God been good to you this year? God's been good to us, so let's offer some thanks to God. Lord, I thank you again. Lord, that we are able to be in the house of prayer. I'm thankful, Lord, for your presence, your spirit. Thankful, God, for your keeping power. Lord, you have kept us from day to day, by day by day. Lord, you are there, Lord, leading us, God. Thank you, Lord, again for every soul that is in the house of prayer tonight. Thankful for your word that we have, God, that we can study, Lord, and learn more about you. Thankful, O oh Lord, again for the Holy Ghost, you abiding in us, Lord. You, O oh God, have truly blessed us, Lord, and we are so very, very thankful, God, and give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor, Lord, for it's due unto you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may march around and give and no children's church. Amen. receive one yet if you just wave your hand you may be seated glad you're again so glad you're in the house of lord first three slides is kind of reflecting on what we have been teaching i let me say at the very outset tonight uh, i haven't just been shooting in the dark or just sermon this sermon now and that sermon now i have been and i can see how the holy ghost has been leading us um According to the will of God, wrapping up 2019 and about to end or end to 2020. Very methodical in regards to this. Uh, I've taught lessons leading us point by point, building to the point. Talked about prayer. And then we had our Bible studies there. And then I went into outreach because we're going to have to pray if we're going to be successful in doing our outreach. It's not a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle. So prayer is a part of it. More than just talking, then we've got to water those seeds with our prayer. And so then we're outreach. And so I'm going through these series of things because I'm working toward 2020. Sermons that God's been giving me are directing us toward 2020. I believe we're going to have the greatest revival we have ever had in 2020. I'm not just saying that to say words. I'm saying it because I literally believe believe that 
Uh, I told someone, I, I literally am either texting, calling, or communicating with probably five or six backsliders a week. Uh, there are, they are, it just blows my mind. Um, got backsliders, they're just so excited. Let me give you a little word. I was on the phone for almost an hour with a backslider. And the backslider told me, he said, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been for months now. Just the Lord's just been dealing with me and dealing with me. And I, I, I don't, I'm not very emotional, but I've just been crying. There's been so much the Lord's been dealing with me about and stuff. You know, you need to come back to church. You need to get back to church. But there's this thing that's holding them back, stigma, uh, bad thoughts, whatever it is. And so we need to continue to pray. What, what I'm trying to tell you is the reason they've been being dealt with for months is because every service we're putting their, the name up there. The main may be their name, but it's backsliders, people for salvation. So we're praying and God's answering our prayers. He's dealing with these people and they're feeling, man, I need to get back to church. I need to get right with God. Why do you think so many right now are calling me and contacting me and we're, they're showing up at church? Why? Because we're praying. We get whatever we focus on, and we have been focusing on salvation and backsliders. And so keep on praying. You may be shocked at one of your family members that are going to walk in and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the year 2020. And you're going to be going, I didn't think they would ever come back. <laughs> I believe it, folks. As I said this uh, last week, what gives the field value? The wheat. We've got to get out there, church. The treasure is in the field. I'm, re, I'm, I'm rehearsing these because I don't want you to forget these things. The treasure is in the field. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. In John 4.35. And those are things that we have just covered on outreach, and I believe that God again is going to direct us to hungry hearts. Um, they have decided when to have... Uh, Gayla Alverson's mother's memorial, it'll be next Saturday. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. I'll give you all the details of that later, but that's when it'll be. So you may just want to kind of mark that off your calendar. Mark that on your calendar right now. But here's what I want to cover tonight. We're going to talk about the Last Supper. The reason why I'm going to talk about this is next Tuesday, one week from today, we will be having our watch night service and we will be having communion. So I felt like it is extremely important that I teach about this before we actually go to that. And so that's the reason why I'm doing that tonight. Next Sunday, this coming Sunday would be hard to do since it will be just one service to be able to teach this lesson. So I'm doing that tonight. Another thing I'd like to mention is if you're going to give to the Palace of Praise and want to count for 2019, you need to do that this Sunday we won't be receiving an offering on New Year's Eve. So if you're going to give and want it to count for 2019, you need to either do it on tithely or get it in by this Sunday. So amen, enough of advertisements. So the last suffer, and uh, here's the picture that Leonardo da Vinci in 1495, he painted, and so fitting, uh, he painted it actually on the dining hall wall <laughs> is where he actually painted this picture in 1495 and uh, the original is about 15 feet by 29 feet 
15 by 29. We really don't know the value because you really can't put a value on it because it's painted on a wall and not on a canvas. So it can't be taken out and, and sold. So we really know, but a, an artist, he took and uh, a painter and he painted that same picture and copied that picture, went there and, and, and literally tried to copy it to the best that he could. And that one, just the copy sold for $23.9 million. So we're really not for sure what or how much this would actually be worth. But this really is just what Leonardo da Vinci thought it would look like. This could be a million miles away from what it is. But in the Western world, this is the most recognizable painting in the Western world. It has been the most evaluated painting, the most critiqued painting ever. Go read it. I've studied about it. They say this picture is it. And I think that's so interesting. It's a picture about Jesus Christ. And everybody's want to keep Christ out of everything, but it's a picture that's the Western world. Okay, you get it. Lord has a sense of humor, must be. But anyway, that's his picture of this Last Supper. We really don't know what it was, to be honest with you. But this Last Supper is one of the events that is recorded in all four of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You will find this, the Last Supper, recorded in all of those. Tonight, I have chosen this location... So if you would turn there, we're going to read about the Last Supper tonight in Luke 22, 7 through 20 tonight. But we could read any one of these four, but I chose Luke tonight for a couple of reasons. Luke 22, 7 through 20. It's so interesting when you read these different Gospels. I know some of you are still turning there. Some of these different Gospels, you see the person's background, their training, their stuff coming through. You look at Luke, when you look at Luke, you see lots of the healings, and he gets very specific with the healings. Why? He was a doctor. That's the reason why. And so you can see them coming through, their occupation and how they thought coming through in their Gospels. So I chose... Luke 22, this is Dr. Luke here, verse 7. Anybody would like to read maybe 7 through maybe 14, and then somebody 15, well, 7 through 12, and then somebody 13 through 20? Anybody? Not everybody. Somebody. Brother Burton, go ahead. Thirteen to twenty. Someone, thank you for reading that. Okay, go ahead, Brother Desmond. Okay. 
Thank you very much. I want to draw your attention to that verse number 19. I put it on the slide there. It should have came up here. There we go. Uh, 22.19, it says, And he took bread and gave thanks and brake it and gave unto them, the disciples, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. There are two items that are used in the uh, sacred communion, folks. Two, two items that are the main ones that are used in the communion. First is the bread which represents Jesus' body that was, folks, he, he was beaten. He was broken. He was bruised. He was bloody. I mean, they did everything they could. On the whipping post, they just laid his back open. And then they took him to the cross. And when you look at some pictures uh, they have of Jesus hanging on the cross, they have these little ropes tied around his wrist. They didn't tie ropes around his wrist. They drove nails into his hands and nails into his feet. That's how they got him to stay on the cross. It wasn't something that was real comfortable for them. But this bread represents that body that was scourged, folks, and broken before and during his crucifixion. And that's what this is all about. This is a very sobering thing when we're dealing with the communion. It's not something you should take lightly, the communion. Somebody needs to say amen. amen. Because the cross of Calvary and the price it was pay, paid there, folks, there's no laughing matter, there's no jokes, nothing. It's life and it's death. It's heaven and hell on the cross of Calvary. And the communion is extremely, extremely important. Luke 22 and 20 says, Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. The cup which represents his shed blood, folks. It's the cup and the juice which represents his shed blood. So the two major items we're going to find with the communion will be the fruit of the vine, which is being the cup, and then the next thing will be the bread, which is representing the body of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? Can somebody say amen to that? And, tra and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Here's the reality, folks. We cannot be saved without that body and without that blood. Because if it wasn't for that body, that was sacrificed are broken. And if it wasn't for that blood that was spilt, we could not be saved because our redemption is in the blood. Will somebody shout amen. So the redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Jesus Christ. For by him were all things created. Who? Jesus. It's God. Hello. They're the same. 
The Almighty God that's inside of that fleshly temple called Jesus Christ is the same one who created all things in Genesis, folks, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Look at this. All in this same context is about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because his blood is powerful than any one of these thrones, dominions, principalities. His power, the power in the blood is stronger than anything that will ever come against you. God can give you victory in your walk with him every day because of the power of the blood. Come on. Thank God for the power of the blood. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Colossians chapter 1, 12 through 17. I hope I'm not boring you tonight, but I think it's extremely important that we get this tonight because of communion next week. In whom we have redemption through Jesus' blood. His blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Again, salvation through that blood. Here's another one. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in... Come on, say it nice and loud. His own blood, folks and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And everybody shout amen. amen. And how, how is this made possible? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are made kings and priests in this great kingdom of God. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I hope we don't ever lose sight of the value of the blood of Jesus Christ. I know we live in a world when the religious world is saying that's gross. Christianity is saying that's gross. And so they're trying to do away with songs that mention blood. Uh, you, you see in a lots of our contemporary songs now, they've done away with the blood and the cross and those things. It's more about feelings and push this button and emotionalism and everything. But folks, we still need to be talking about the blood. We need to be singing about the blood because that's really where the power of the church is, is in the blood. Amen. You cannot live a victorious life in Christ Jesus without the blood. Because the blood covers all of that nasty flesh you're fighting with. <laughs> so you got to have it under the blood, folks. The song says this, What can wash away my sins? What is the answer? Nothing. Everybody say, Nothing. Nothing. A good, fiery worship service is still not going to take care of it. <laughs> we can have 12-part harmony <laughs> with our praise singer and a hundred-piece band playing, and it can just... <sighs> Folks, that's still not going to take away your sins. But it's that blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary that's going to take away our sins. You've got to have the blood applied. Guess what? The blood's not automatically applied. You've got to have the blood applied. What do you got to do? You've got to ask for the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. 
you got to ask God to cover you with his blood. It's not just a, it doesn't just happen, folks. Well, I believed on the Lord. You've you got to ask God. God, forgive me. Lord, I need the covering of your blood. Folks, I hope we understand the power that's in the blood of Jesus Christ. You'll hear me pray every once in a while. I'll be praying, and in the Holy Ghost, I just feel like I need to start praying the covering of the blood over everybody in the house. And pray for the covering of the blood over the homes at the Palace of Praise. And pray for the covering over husbands and wives. Why? Because I recognize the power that's in that covering. That blood can cover us, folks. Can protect us from the enemy of our soul. Why? In the context the blood has greater power than the principalities, than powers, than dominions, and kings. All of that stuff has less power than the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. Everybody say the blood of Jesus Christ. It's important that you understand the gravity and significance of this sacred communion, folks. Get it in your mind. It's not just a religious ritual. And I know some people that do it almost every service, but I think that you have to be careful with that because then it becomes just another routine part of the service and, and they lose the value of this communion. This, I'm telling you, folks, it is a sacred thing, this communion. And that's the reason why your pastor is taking time tonight to teach you from the Word of God the importance of communion. Because you need to understand, we're going to cover, Paul's going to talk about it. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm very conscious of your time tonight. I'm not going to, but I think this is extremely important. I knew that it would mainly be us here tonight. And I thought it was the perfect night for us to be able to teach about our communion tonight. It's not just a religious ritual. 1 Corinthians, let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we'll begin with verse 24. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 20 through 34. We'll have somebody read maybe 20 through 27 and then somebody 28 through 34, if you would. 1 Corinthians 11 and starting with verse 20. 1 Corinthians 11, starting with verse 20. Anybody? Brother Walker, go ahead. Oh, 11, 20. Let me put it back. 20 to 27.
to anybody else the next one Yes, Devin. I want to look at the very first part of this. Verse 20, we start then. When ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, every one taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. He's dealing with a specific issue in the church in Corinth, folks. See, the sacred communion is a time of commemorating the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, this is different than our Phil Sunday church dinner. But looks like Paul was dealing with is they had so in their own eyes and mind, they had lowered this thing called communion to the thing it was just like another Sunday lunch together, a Sunday dinner together. We're just getting together and just eating here. And we're calling it communion. What he was saying is you have lost your estimation of the value of communion. And when you've done that, now that's affecting how you value the blood of Jesus Christ because they're tied directly together. That's what he's dealing with here, folks. Here's the fact of the matter is, when you lose sight of the cross of Jesus Christ, you're going to struggle living for God. Why? Because you don't understand the value and how much it costs for you to have what you have. People would never backslide if they had to go and go to that cross every day physically. If you were gone and beaten and hung to a cross and you understand really how much it costs for your salvation, you'd value it more. But since it did not cost us anything, then we lose the value of this thing. That's what communion is for, is to remind us of really how great a price that Jesus Christ paid for every one of us in this house. The cross was painful. The cross was a place of death. Folks, he shed his blood for us. Every drop of his blood he shed for us. So he's dealing with a, a specific problem that was going on in this place. When we have communion next week, it's not about drinking the little juice and eating the little wafer. It's about commemorating the death of Jesus Christ and remembering what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. It's not a getting together for a snack. This is not our Sunday school snack. This is going to be communion, and you better make sure you got it right in your mind and your heart, the value of what we're going to do. 
extremely important, folks. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And I'm going to come back to those verses we read a while ago. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body. What? That bread. Which is broken for you. And that's why we're breaking it in little pieces and giving it out. This do in remembrance of me on the cross. Next Tuesday night, when you pick up that little wafer, it's not about eating that little wafer, that little piece of unleavened bread. What you're going to be doing is, that's representing the very body that hung on the cross for your salvation. You need to get that in your mind. That's what it is symbolic of. That's what we're representing, we're remembering in that. And you should in that time, when we have our communion, it's a very sobering time. You need to think about what that saved you from. What is this body saved me from? What is this thing representing? It saved me from a, a life, oh my Lord. Saved you from drugs and alcohol and saved you from stuff we're not even going to mention in the house of God. And that's what we're going to do next week of reflecting on where God brought you from and giving thanks for what he did and the price he paid. I don't know about you, but this is the best life you could live is living for Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? But you couldn't live it without the cross. And it needs to be something more than just Easter where we put this wooden thing up and we hang a little crown of thorns on it and we all sing about how he is risen and stuff. We, we need to be more than that. And by the help of God, we're going to try to do communion more often so that we can make sure that our children and young people... I, I felt real bad because I had a, one of the young, young, young people in this church said, you know, I don't think I've ever done communion before. If we have, I forgot about it. I don't want that to be said of our kids. I want them to make sure they know about the communion and the value of the body of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying... This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do shew the Lord's death till he come. We're reflecting on it again, over and over again. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Folks, that's a very powerful verse of Scripture right there. You better be careful. I'll tell you why. What it's saying is you better be careful how you handle the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I put it another way? Don't trample under your feet the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, I would never do that. Your attitude, your spirit, your choices. Hear me. You can be doing that with all of those. 
trampling under feet the blood of Jesus Christ. If God's brought you out of darkness and saved your soul and filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, buddy, you should appreciate what God's due to the point you're not going back. I'm not going to go back to that lifestyle. I may need the blood of Jesus to help me through some of my issues because I'm flesh, but I'm not going back to where I used to be. Don't have anything there. And we need to reflect on the blood of Jesus Christ. But let a man examine himself. Oh, we're good at examining one another. Well, I don't think he should have really been a part of that communion tonight because he doesn't have a very good attitude. Oh, my Lord, she definitely didn't need to be there. My God, Lord, help her, have mercy on her. I can't believe she's going to eat that. No, 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 don't eat that wafer. Oh, God, she's eating the wafer. Lord, help us. We're good at examining one another. It's what gossip's all about. Very good at that. But Christian gossip. But he didn't say, examine your neighbor. Look at somebody beside you and say, Pastor's talking to you. Because it says, but let a man examine himself. You need to look in the mirror. Amen. Nobody else. Why? Because on judgment day, you're going to be standing there all by your lonesome. I've been very methodical. Did I not teach something about that recently? Yes, I did, didn't I? Very methodical. I've been teaching, pointing us toward this. Examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body, not respecting what God has done for them, not acknowledging what God has done for them. Why? For you to be doing the things you're doing, and still think you're going to drink that little cup and eat that wafer. He says, you better not play with my body or my blood. I'm teaching this because it's important you know this before next Tuesday. I need to make sure you understand the scriptures because I don't want to put somebody in a bad place on Tuesday night because you don't know. I want to make sure everybody knows. I want our young people to know. I want the elders to know. I want everybody in this house to know what the Word of God is saying and how important this is going to be next Tuesday night. You ready? For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Can I just say this? I think some of our sicknesses and stuff go back to unrepented sins. Bishop, am I right on target? I've got verses. I believe us battling over and 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 over with sickness. I believe there's some things that we need to get out of our lives and out of our home because there's promises in the Word of God that He would keep us. I'm not talking about we may get the flu and I'm not talking about we may get sick now and then. I'm talking about always sick. Something is wrong there. Are we not reading verses? Is this not the Word of God as much as Acts 2.38? It's all the same exact book. I don't 
know about you, but I want to be healthy. I want my kids to be healthy. I want my home to be healthy. I want, you want your home to be healthy, right? Well, I'm giving you a key tonight. Some of the things may be sins that are unrepented in our life. Things we haven't, you ready? Haven't got under the blood. That God is saying, let's get it under the blood. And you what? You respect the power of my blood, respect my sacrifice, and I will take care of you. Oh, hallelujah. God's word, I preached it Sunday, promise after promise after promise of all the prophecies which were promises of what he's going to do for humanity in sending that little baby in that manger there and him coming and wrapping himself in flesh, folks. As much as all those problems feel, all these are promises for us too. I'm going to get you done here early. For if we'll beat Santa Claus, I told the ushers, Watch the fireplace and make sure he don't come down. So we got him covered, okay? Some of you look like you're worried tonight. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. What is it? If you take care of it now, God won't have to take care of it later. If you'll look at yourself and examine yourself now, then God won't have to deal with you later. Oh, this is good stuff. But when we are judged... We are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. I wish I had time to get into all that, but that's not my focus tonight. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home that ye come not together unto condemnation. You pig, I'll take seconds on the communion. That's not what it's about. You may need a double covering of the blood of Jesus Christ, but there's no seconds in communion, all right? <laughs> because it's not about you getting full. It's about Him, not us. Everybody hear me? Communion, when we take it, it's not about us. It's about Him and us submitting ourselves unto Him, us recognizing what He did, recognizing about the cross of God, and the rest will I set in order when I come. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. <laughs> I know, but pastor, that's not near as fun as examining everybody else. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, I said, pastor, we've already heard that three times now. Good. So you are without excuse next Tuesday. Eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. I'm going a little slow here. It's still early because I'm wanting it to soak in, folks. This is extremely important. It's all tied together with our respect for the cross of Calvary and his blood. It's not about being perfect. It's about being honest with yourself and God. Nobody in this house is going to be perfect. So when I'm saying you need to examine yourself, it's not about, oh, am I perfect? No, because you're not going to be perfect. But you can be honest. You can be honest with yourself. And you say, why is that important? There's a lots of people, they lie to themselves. 
they deceive themselves. The Bible talks about that. They deceive themselves. And you can deceive yourself. You need to be honest with yourself and you need to be honest with God. I, I, I don't know if I can say this enough because don't play games with God next Tuesday night. Don't come in here thinking, well, the church doesn't know. Church doesn't know, so it's going to be all right. You don't play games with our communion. Kids, you know things in your life that you're doing and it's not right. You better not touch communion next Tuesday night. It's very sobering, but it's the word of God. I want to make sure everybody in this house, folks, you don't take that verse and it being applied to you and you bring damnation on yourself because you thought, oh, I know nobody knows that I'm watching this on the internet. Nobody knows I'm doing this. and No, nobody knows that I've got this going on in my life. Honey, yeah, it does. God knows. He's the one that really matters. So we've got to make sure we examine ourselves. We've got to examine more than just our actions, our attitude, our spirit, where we are. What is our priorities in life? This is perfect. We're going to enter into 2020. You need to be examine yourself. Is God number one in my life? Or is he just a second in second place or third place in my life? Is he number one? So again, it's not about being perfect. Everybody say, I'm not perfect. <laughs> but it's about being honest with yourself and God. The juice will be the fruit of the vine. That's what we're going to drink next week in our communion. Now, there are different views on this, but I'm going to tell you what your pastor believes, and that's what we're going to do at the Palace of Praise. It is unfermented at the Palace of Praise. Unfermented. I have had a debate with more than one pastor who felt it was the other way. Well, here's the reason why fermentation is the process of extracting the juices of grapes and turning it into an alcoholic beverage. I'm not going to be serving alcoholic beverages in the church. Okay? That's the way it is. Now, you may want the fermented one and you may want the real stuff. You're going to have to find another church. Because when we do communion around here, we're going to use unfermented. It's going to be the juice of the vine, but it will be not be fermented. You say why? Here's exactly why. Now, I've had this discussion with people over and over again. Here's the reason why. If you had been saved and you had had a major addiction with pornography, would you like for me then to be sending you everyday pictures of pornography? If you were delivered from drugs, would you like me then to hand you a nickel bag when you come to church? Then why in the world would I stick alcoholic beverages from people that are right in this church that were delivered from alcohol and were former alcoholics? Why would I stick that in them, in front of them and tempt? Oh, I've had this argument. Well, then the power of the blood of Jesus Christ has power to save them. Yeah, and you're a nut. You're a nut. Why is it that you're pushing so hard to have this fermented and alcoholic beverages in the house of God? You, maybe you should check your own spirit because here's reality. We don't have to have it to still commemorate the death of Jesus Christ. Nowhere in the scripture it says it has to be fermented. 
just has to be the fruit of the vine. That's what we're going to do next Tuesday night. Get it. You're going to get grape juice. <laughs> but the grape juice is going to represent... Come on. Going to represent the blood of Jesus Christ. And you need to respect that tomorrow, I mean next Tuesday night. Your glory is not good, that's what he says. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? <laughs> Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new leaven, lump, and ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover, even Christ our Passover, Oh, wow, here we go, linking back to what? The Last Supper. Our Passover is <laughs> sacrifice for what? Where was that? When did that happen? Cross of Calvary. His blood shed. The body was torn. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So then the little bread you're going to have, it's almost like a wafer. The bread will be unleavened bread, signifying the absence of sin in our life. So we're going to have the grape juice, which is the, 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 the juice of the vine, and then we're going to also have a wafer, which is going to be unleavened, because it's signifying again there's no sin in our life. Why? Because Jesus was without sin. There was no sin in Jesus Christ. None whatsoever. And so when we're taking that, we want to then for it to be symbolic of the body of Jesus Christ. Unleavened. And also of the juice. This is extremely important that all of you do this. But let a man examine himself. Did we see this verse before? I thought so. We will observe the sacred communion on New Year's Eve, December the 31st. You have seven days to prepare. Taught the Bible study tonight on communion. And I could have taught a lot more, but I knew I was going to be limited on my time, and I was shooting for around eight or so for to let you go, knowing the, the time and being considerate of it. But I think I taught you enough tonight so you understand the value and the importance of what we will be doing next Tuesday night. Now, let me make sure you understand. It would be good. You're saying, okay, Pastor, I just don't qualify, and I don't feel like... I don't want you to leave that time when we do it, why don't you still come down with Because when we're going to have communion, we're going to come to the front and we're going to do communion. You are still welcome to come to this altar because it would still be good for you to be here in this atmosphere in the house. Well, amen, because it is going to be a very sacred and valuable time at the Palace of Praise is our time of communion. We're going to have a time of prayer, time of dedication, devoting ourselves to God and then recognizing how great our God is and saving us from our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. So what I would suggest to you, if you don't feel like you can do that, I understand you could go out, but I would really, nobody's going to condemn you for not. Come on. For not being a part of the, 
of communion. Nobody's going to condemn you. But heed the warning that your pastor has given you tonight through the word of God. If you have sin in your life, there's things you need to get it. I'm giving you seven days. You've got seven days, what? To do this right here. Examine yourself. So for the next seven days from now all the way to next Tuesday night, you need to be praying. I would recommend you at least one meal, if not one day, find a time to fast and make sure you got things right with God. Church, this could make a difference for us for 2020 and exactly what we're wanting to do, and that is to have a revival and see a lots of souls born into the kingdom of God. Because when we get where we need to be, we have power with God. I, I, I'm, I'm almost done. Let me emphasize this again. If you're doing things nobody knows, you've got seven days to get that stuff right if you're going to do communion. If you have sin in your life when you come next Tuesday night, do not take communion. We're going to have people here, and I don't want to have to talk like this when we may have guests or whoever else may be here. But all of us are just the regulars here tonight, so I'm saying it very strong to you. Do not take this communion if you're not right with God. Kids, if you've got sin in your life, and you're doing things you know you shouldn't do, don't you dare touch the communion. Let's all stand. You're saying, Pastor, that's kind of hard. No, it's not hard. I'm just trying to protect you. <laughs> I'm trying to protect you. From the word of God. Make sure you have enough fear of God in your life to realize, man, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> now here's what the perfect world would be. I want everybody <laughs> to pray fast. What do you need to do? Get yourself right so everybody can do communion next week. Love to see everybody <laughs> get everything right with God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord tonight and have all of you here. Thank you for coming on this night to the house of God. And I, I want us to pray and just ask the Lord to help us to remember and retain this stuff and that God will lead us throughout these next seven days in preparing ourselves for the communion. Lord, 